Alright, welcome everyone to another episode of Brune Time. I'm Quay Vanna. And Armored Soul. Alright, Armored Soul, tell me, what is the anime Saturday brew for today? So, the brew for today is the great teacher Onizuka. Right. Excellent anime. Great teacher Onizuka. Alright, so, actually, I'll start off by kind of saying that there's actually a live action with the great teacher Onizuka. So it started off from a manga. All, all animes kind of start off from, you know, a manga. Then they get made into an anime. The live action, which is the 1998 version, which is about around 13 episodes long, it actually came before the anime. So this is, yeah, this is one of the, honestly, the first, I'm going to say first and only anime and live actions that I've actually seen. I don't really ever really watch live actions, but this one is worth it. But yeah, we'll be talking about the 1999 version of the anime, which is around 43 episodes long. That's about three to four seasons, so I know like we talk about like, hey, if it's any anime that's not longer than a season, ah, you know, they, they, they got a lot to improve, right? Okay, so okay. So what is the synopsis? Because I've never heard of, of this anime before. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty good anime. Um basically it's a slice of life anime, so you know, they're kinda the everyday dealings of um, you know, a character by the name of Ikiji Onizuka. Basically he is a ex-leader of a Japanese biker gang, so he was a gangster in that sense. Kind of had some dealing with the Yakuza, uh, but he was in a Japanese biker gang, and he left this gang. Uh, He kind of matured as an adult, and he wanted to be the greatest teacher ever. So he wants, this is his dream in that sense, is to become the great, like, a great teacher. And um, since this is kind of an etchy anime, he also wanted to pick up high school girls. So, (laughs) you know, that's just kind of like a small bit of it, but you know, and, uh, you know, he's he's whatever. But anyway, yeah, so he has kind of a, a teaching style. It's like he wants to teach basically students that are delinquents, students that when he was growing up or basically when he was, because he kind of came from, you know, um, a period, I mean, him being a gangster and not very, you know, productive or very, how should I say, like a good member of society, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he wants to teach, um, you know, children and he has a very unorthodox teaching style that is honestly kind of illegal. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, he wants to kind of teach children and adolescents. And um, he has a really good way of teaching them because he kind of goes uh, at their level of understanding. So, obviously, let's just kind of dip into psych- child psychology. Um, if you're going to talk to, you know, a five-year-old versus a 10-year-old, you're not going to talk to them the same way, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, so there's a level of which we kind of speak to uh, a certain demographic and age group. So he really understands that. And, in, and you know, maybe in Japanese uh, schooling, it's, you know, very competitive, uh, very kind of cutthroat in the sense that, you know, you have to get re- really good grades. And this is what's out there in that sense. So some of these children that are delinquents and they don't have any kind of, basically, they're like, they're the bottom of the barrel people. And these are the, you know, children that like, well, society wants to kind of like forget about them. They're just you know, hoodlums or whatever. He wants to change that. So let's kind of, kind of like step away, take a uh, step back from the anime and kind of talk about, let's say our, our, um, ours kind of schooling. So good teachers and bad teachers, which ones have you had? I've had, I'll, I'll never forget this because you always remember the bad ones. Always. Always. So for me, I think I was in third grade. Oh, dude, I, I don't remember if I told you this beforehand, but like, ah, so 
there was there was this teacher. I already forgot her name, but I'll never forget how she made me feel. She was so bitter. She was a really bitter person. Like she she would just like kind of put everyone down. And then like I remember one day, and I'll never forget it. Uh, she, like she just was upset. I don't know why. And then she goes like, "Yeah, you know you're gonna die one day, and everyone you love and everyone you know is gonna die, and oh then you're gonna be God. alone." Third grade. I, yeah, I, I remember I just started crying. I just started crying. I was like, no, like, I love my mom. I love my dad. I don't want them to die. And then I remember one time, I remember one time I tr- I, I talked to her like, oh, yeah, you know, we just got like a small little DVD player. So like for like we could take when we take long road trips, I, we, we could watch movies. And then she looked at me and I quote, it's like, yeah, do you know why your parents got you that? So that way y'all could shut up. Yeah. So uh, uh-huh, dude, that, so yeah. that was that was that was the first teacher. I forgot her name, but I. I'll never forget it. I was like, ah, just mm, no, no, not good at all. You know, and and this is like something that I think I don't think anyone goes through their life without having some form of abuse in the sense in in, in the, you know, educational system. Mm-hmm. Everyone has, a, I think, a bad teacher. I, honestly, I don't know anyone that said like, oh, I just went through all my school, all 12 grades and college and everything like that. And I just had fantastic, wonderful teachers. And I'm like, what school did you go to? And of course, mm-hmm. that also matters depending on, you know, poverty and, you know, um, basically societal places that you are in. Some people are more fortunate than others. I'm glad that you, you brought that up because in, in Great Teacher on Musica, that's what these children are basically have. So there are a couple characters we'll just name right off the bat. Um, there's Noboru, uh, Anko, and um, Kunio Murai. These are all like children that are delinquents. And, um, they had basically a, a professor, or rather a teacher at one time, that really betrayed their trust. And this kind of starts in the kind of the reverse way. Actually, the teacher was really good friends with them, and then something happened where they she kind of snapped, and she said, well, you guys, all you guys are to me are just students. As children, they're kind of like, well, you know, you're like family in the sense like that. You know, this is sometimes it's like a family in the sense. So it kind of broke them up a little bit, and they kind of now taking that out on society. I just want to kind of like delve into just one of the scenes from Great Teacher on Musica that I thought was really powerful. And uh, I honestly really, I really like this scene, you know, and I honestly, if anybody hasn't watched this, just watch it for this couple episodes. You don't have to see the whole thing, you know. So, yeah, so there's one student um, that she, I forgot her name. I think her, um, oh, it's going to come to me later on. But uh, regardless, we have one student, right? And she, like a lot of people growing up, you know, they maybe have some problems with their parents, right? Mm-hmm. So both of these parents, you know, oh, okay, you know, mom, dad's there. And, you know, you just, you have this kind of personality or understanding that this is how they are when you're growing up. But then when you're growing up, you're growing older and older, you're kind of starting to be treated less like a child, of course, and more as an adult. Mm-hmm. So mom and dad, they don't really talk to you that much anymore. And they're kind of becoming distanced with themselves. Uh, and yeah. she's really kind of painting, you know. And I don't think maybe some viewers can kind of understand that or maybe relate to that. She basically, you know, is complaining about this. And she's like, yeah, my parents, they don't even talk to me. They don't even acknowledge themselves. They just come back. They're always working. Yeah, no. So, like, that. I mean, that's a huge thing in Japanese society, too. It's like, again, the parents work. Both the parents work. And that's why you see in a lot of anime, it's always the kid by themselves. Like, oh, I feed myself. And, like... I get it. That's just how it's set up. But that's also kind of sad because, again, it's it needs to be a family structure. You need to have both parents involved in your kids' lives because we all, again, we take a lot of things for granted. We do. I mean, people take their parents for granted because they think it's like, oh, they're always going to be there. But I, you know, I don't have my dad and I wish he was still here. 
I lost him at 14 and I just, hey, there are still moments where I'm like, oh, hey, like, I wonder what it would have been like if I was, if I went fishing with him. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's important to have that family dynamic, like if you're, if that's the card that you're dealt with. And I think that's what, with that character, she really is painting because, you know, they're not acknowledging her. And that's another thing, you know, Japanese culture, maybe sometimes Asian culture is, you know, they don't really have siblings. Hey, who else are you going to talk to? Your friends? What if you don't have any friends? You're just completely alone then. So great teacher Onizuka, he hates this. You know, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. And of course, when I sent it, like when I said, you know, earlier is that he does things kind of in a very, very unorthodox way. So he literally comes over to their apartment, the Marai household, and he has like no shirt on. He's got like a headband. He looks like this thug that's going to like rob the place. And he's carrying a sledgehammer, right? And they're like, oh my God, what the heck? I'm going to call the police. Call the police, honey. Call the police, right? Mm -hmm. And the daughter is like, what are you doing here, Onizuka? You know, like. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention real quick that all the students are trying to get Onizuka fired. They're basically, they hate him because they have this kind of, I should say, distrust of teachers in, in general, but he wants to change that. But anyway, he's at this household. He takes a sledgehammer and he breaks the wall, a hole in the wall from where the mom and the dad work because they, you know, they work in separate offices in the house and he breaks this hole in the wall mm-hmm. above where their work, uh, their table that they work at. And he basically leaves and they're like, wow, this guy is crazy. I'm going to sue him. Uh, I'm going to call the police. And then they realize that all he did that is just to make a hole in the wall so they would look at each other, you know, yeah. because they're always looking down at their papers, at their check-in, for example, on like at the work. They sit at the dinner table. They're just looking at their plate, eating the food, and they're not ever acknowledging anybody. They're eating in silence. They're doing everything in silence. And it's, it's honestly, it's, it's quite sad. It's honestly, uh, that, that scene to me, just like, oh, I just, I, I kind of get like, I get a little bit emotional on that. It's 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 a really powerful scene. I like that a lot. I you know I gotta watch it now again. Forty three episodes again. Christmas break is here. Christmas is just around the corner. So I mean I know what I'm gonna do to keep myself busy. Um, and I was trying to remember this quote. I was trying to find it. It's like an Arabic saying about teaching, for example. And I think it goes. And I'm paraphrasing here. I'm, I'm I was trying to. It's basically no fish shall ever learn how to walk through these doors. Right. So that means like, I'm again, like these, these teachers, again, they're, they're providing a service or I should say professors. These teachers are, are, again, they're raising up society. They're future members of society. So it's like not one. It's like, I remember it's like no fish shall learn how to walk. No, um, bird shall learn to swim or something like that. But it was a very beautiful quote and I was trying to find it. But yeah, I mean, again, like everyone learns differently. And if you get like this one outline for like, oh, now you apply this to like 30 something students, like that's not how we learn. We all understand things differently in our society. And again, going back even to child psychology, like again, these kids grew up in turbulent households, right? So again, maybe their parents weren't around. They don't have that nurturing structure. And again, like for Onizuka, right, for him to be ousted by these kids, they are ousting him because they're afraid of what he could provide. Exactly. And they yeah. don't want to get hurt again. So they're reacting out of fear, not because they hate them. Exactly. Yeah. You said it. You hit the nail on the head right there. And that's what's interesting about child psychology. Very, you know, vulnerable when you're a child, right? And another scene I'm just thinking of, um, this has to do with Kunio Murai. Basically, he, he kind of, I don't think it's said about where his father is, but I think his, his father basically left them. Mm-hmm. Um, like he just left the mom. And so he's raised with a single mom and his mo- his mother... Uh, had um, Kunio Marai 
when he was really young. So she's a very young lady. And the funny thing is like, you know, because great teacher Onizuka, he's kind of he's kind of like a ladies man. He's he's just he says he's a ladies man, but honestly, he just gets a slap in the face all the time, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. he, he has like um, I don't know, maybe you remember like in school, you remember like, like parent teacher conference and stuff like that. Like you know, the parent meets the teacher and and vice versa. So he's like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. take this to the next level. I'm gonna start dating the wives, <laughs> or the uh, excuse me, the mothers of my students. And like, he's like, what? Like you ain't coming any you know closer to my mom or whatever. And that's another thing. He since he kind of grew up uh, without his father around, he's very very overprotective of his mother. He doesn't want any men around his mom. Uh, his mo- his mother's pretty young in a sense like that. So he's very much you know without a father figure, he's very against that. And the interesting part is that. You know, the mom's just like, hey, you know, he's good. You know, we might take a vacation together. And he's like, no, I don't want to have great teacher Onizuka as my dad. You know, that would be like the worst. That's funny. Right? But um, it's another thing. It's, and I'm just kind of spoiling it, spoiling it here in the sense, um, he kind of figures out that having a father figure is important. And we, you know, as we talked about earlier, child psychology, you know, growing up with with a single father or single mother and not having that kind of relationship or that connection it matters, to be quite honest. But, um, yeah, so, like, eventually he kind of has respect for, you know, Onizuka, um, even though he's kind of lecherous or whatever. But <laughs> uh, all in good respect, I think, to him. But, yeah, and I want to talk about one more scene, um, which I think is, and just to our viewers a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about suicide here and um, some, I should say, kind of tormenting things. Because this, I think a lot of people can understand uh, during adolescence, Hormones are kind of going off off the charts. Sometimes we don't think about things correctly, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that idea is there. You know, somebody can go, a person's mental faculties can go south really fast. So one yeah. one student, and this is about bullying, basically I think we all know this kind of type of archetype. We probably all went to school with some kind of person like this. So the character I want to talk about is Noboru uh, Yoshikawa. Which is he's a really timid, timid, you know, individual. Uh, I'm sure we probably think about like, oh, there was that one kid that was very, you know, uh, he was very like reclusive, very much everybody picked on. Uh, in that sense, I don't know. I, I can think of a number of individuals that fit that description when I was in school. But anyway, he he's bullied by a, a couple other students, right? And um, they're all girls. And um, and this, of course, you know, kind of goes about like his 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 masculinity right he's being bullied by these women you know i guess in a masculine feminine kind of formality or society it's like that's that's like he's just a, he's a pansy so he he's not feeling too good about himself and he's being you know verbally abused he's being you know uh physically abused and one of the scenes basically he he jumps off the building to kill himself and it's it, ju- it goes to show like mm-hmm. that's the thing they like see him up on the on the on the on the school uh, top, and um, I don't know if anybody's seen anime Japanese schools. Of course, they have like, you know, you can go to the top of that building, right? And they have the the rails. So he jumps off. Onizuka uh, yeah. actually jumps and saves him, and they land on um, the principal's um, car and breaks his like uh, his car, or whatever that he's like absolutely loves or something like that. But basically, he gets the courage to go in front of the teachers' assembly. Which all these PTO, and that's another thing I wanted to talk about. A lot of times, and I think we're all kind of responsible for this, you know, sometimes you have like, oh, my darling angel, 
my my daughter, my son, they're like the best. They don't do anything wrong. And then we figure out that they're actually bullying somebody. You know, a lot of that times, you know, parents are just absolutely astounded that, oh, how could my child be some bully in a sense, right? One of the, the girls that's actually head bully of um, uh, Noboru, she like uh, physically abuses him and he has like scars over his back. So he goes into this assembly and he strips down naked Whoa. and he says, look at what they did to me, this blah, blah, blah. And he basically just basically outs them or whatever and they kind of get found out but he had the courage honestly to do that you know it's it's funny so there's this book called falling hard it's about judo and the 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 sport of it right the sports side of judo anyway um and they talk about that in there too like how bullying is like kind of a high thing amongst especially the sports faculty and i learned this when i was in japan that if you um for example like if you have like a uh i think it's a buzz cut that means like you're you're solely dedicated to the sport. You cannot have relationships or anything like that. However, though, if you have a shaved head, completely shaved, then that means you are doing a public humiliation and punch yourself, but it's also an apology. Um, but amongst like those those big sports groups, like for example, like in sumo stables, you get heavily bullied and and that's the thing, like if you're not part of the crowd or you don't if you can't handle it, like sometimes you could even end up being killed as well. Because again, it's all about it's all about cohesion. They want you to be either you fit in or you fit or you get out. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's tough and, and too like let me ask you, so for that girl to bully him, I mean, isn't that a reflection of the parents? Because who does it fall on? Is it solely on their child or is there something lacking within our household that's making her to act? See, I think that that's the real question. And I think as, you know, maybe future parents or parents that are listening in a sense, you're, you're partly responsible. You know, you're not a hundred percent responsible for your child because sometimes, you know, child can do something on that. He, he's a human being or she's a human being. Right. But ultimately a household. And I think that's what we can both agree on shapes the, the mental faculties the upbringing of a child can really affect how what they do and be a member of society that way. And so, yeah, this PTO mom who's like, oh, hey, my child is the best. You know, I give her whatever she wants, spoiled this, spoiled that. And it turns out she's one of the worst individuals, the the head bully. It's just kind of, it's like a puzzle piece just fit perfectly. Like, I totally get it. Why that she's this way? Because in her household, you know, everything is hers. It's It's a... It's a power dynamic, you know, in that sense, I feel. And this could also be like, well, maybe they don't view me. Um, and I think that they kind of explore this personality of that um, that girl is that she may not be like, she may not really want to do that. Her personality, I think it's slightly revealed. Like she can be herself to the degree, you know, she can be free in a sense. But the mom just kind of paints her a picture that she's just this darling angel all the time and this, 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 and this, this, that. But she's like saying that in the sense like, no, I'm not. I'm not always this way. And she's acting out, you know. So I don't I don't feel like she's 100% responsible, but it's definitely it's definitely a trade-off between the mom, uh, the way that she's been up, you know, brought up, and of course her own, um, you know, way that she acts. Yeah, and let me tell you. So like as a closing note on here, it's that, it's really important to have those strong connections, not delinquents, of course, but it's like people that can be there for you, that could listen to you and not pass judgment. I mean, we, we take that for granted, right? Because, or even too about 
uh, telling someone in confidence and then have and like it only hurts to find out that that person didn't respect the same type of trust um, that that you place into them. Like for me, I'm, I'm very thankful, especially for martial arts and what it has provided me. I mean, there's so much that I, I take for granted because growing up as as a teenager, I never really got into trouble, but I had a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of anger issues, too. And when I finally found judo and like got to meet the people that I'm with now, even till today, shout out to y'all if y'all are listening. Um, I appreciate you guys because I can, especially to you, my homie, you know, you know, you know who you are, you know who I'm talking to about. Um, but it's like, I could have been, a, I could have been way, I could have been off in a hor- more horrible situation, right? I could have probably been a thug. I could have probably been a nobody. Right. But like, it's the fact that I had people within that club that raised me up, were there to like help me keep off the streets and to keep myself occupied. I take that for granted and I'm very thankful for that. You know, my buddy, the same one that really thankful for my buddy that, again, (laughs) told me about the quote with, uh, again, remember about the branches? Shout out to you. You know, I love you, homie. Ah. So, and to everyone else too, to my senseis, to everyone that I train with. And again, it's it's an environment of like, we're not there to beat each other. It's about having fun, building each other up. Oh, and then what can we help with each other with? Like, maybe it could be education or maybe you need a job somewhere else. It's like that. Those are the type of people that you need in your life. Not the ones that bring you down and tell you you're worthless, but the ones that want you to succeed, that want you to do better, and that want the best for you. Okay, guys, well, appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Brewing Time. That's really all the time we have today. Appreciate you guys listening in. And thank you guys for being very patient, too, for dealing with our schedule. I know it gets very hectic. The holidays are literally around this corner. And when we publish this, it'll probably be after the holidays. But still, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you all again next time. Till the the next next brew. brew.